Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. We've got Kirsten Watson with us. She's a mom of seven kids. She's the wife of retired NFL player Benjamin Watson. He played for the New England Patriots. And I think I just might forgive him for doing that. Uh, (laughs) Kirsten is the CEO of her family of nine, executive director of Mom Life Today. And along with her husband, they host a podcast. It's called Why or Why Not with the Watsons. You can learn more about them at thewatson7.com. And she's here to talk to us today about her book. It's called Sis, Take a Breath, Encouragement for the Women Who Are Trying to Live and Love Well, But Secretly. They just want to take a nap. <laughs> Kirsten is with us right now. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? Well, let's just say I'm taking a breath, to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, all in all, it's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, let's talk about that. You're a wife of an NFL athlete, and you said this was never a part of your plan what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think all of us as little girls and little boys, we have dreams of things we want to do. We go to school, we go to college, and you have a, like a list of maybe 10 things, some that you know that you, you're going to be able to do if you work hard, and some that are like, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, author was never even on that, yeah, I don't know list. That's what I mean by that. I love to talk, but I mean, I love to write, kind of, like in high school, but Never thought that a book would be something God would have for me. So that's what I mean when I say it was never on my list. Well, you know, I can understand that. Our hopes and dreams as kids often have to morph as we grow older. And now you are a very busy woman. And so, you know, just right off the bat here, what's one piece of advice that you can give all of us who just feel like life is in fast forward? You know, I think right now, just for some context in my life, we have seven children. Our oldest is 13. So we have 13, 12, 10, 9, 6, and twins that are three years old. And so life is busy. Naturally, if I were to do nothing else but just take care of them and my husband, it would be a lot. But I think my biggest piece of advice I am always in the word as much as I can. And if it's not physically reading, it's what I'm listening to, what I'm engaging with. And I really think, you know, we have this idea of how our day should go. I'm a very planned person and things don't always go that way. And I think how we react to that and react to life in general has to do with our perspective. And so when I have my perspective and my sights on God and knowing that, you know, things are going to happen, I can rely on him. I'm not alone. That helps me when things don't go how I want them to go. And so I can relax and knowing that big picture, it will be okay. And so I think that is what grounds me more than anything else. I love a little thing that you dropped in there about being in the word every day, whether it's reading or listening. I I love to hear have you develop that because I think it's so easy to feel defeated if we haven't spent our 15 minutes or our half hour in the word before anything else happens in the day. And that's just not always practical. You know, I think that's really a good scheme of the enemy to make us feel defeated. Like, why would I start now? Because I'm so far behind. And, you know, I tell my kids now who are they're in middle school and they're reading through the Bible in the year and they say, Mom, I'm like a week behind. I just feel so bad. I'm like, start today. Just start today. And then someday you'll have more time to read. Just pick up and figure out where, where you left off. And I think that's the defeating. It's like when we feel that way, when I used to feel that way, I realized it was more about checking off the box 
more than it was spending time with my savior. And so I look at it differently. I mean, I remember there was times where I couldn't read at all because I had four kids, four and a half and under. And if I had 50 minutes, I was trying to sleep, you know, (laughs) and and I just remember thinking like watching veggie tales and saying, Lord, you're going to speak to me through Bob the tomato today, because that is how how your message for me today. And, you know, Larry is going to talk to me, you know, know, God is all around us. I think that's what we teach our kids. And so if we Yes, the word is like where I want to go for sure. But gosh, I can look out in my backyard. I can be driving and I can just have a conversation with the Lord. And I think that has given me more life than anything else. Seven mm-hmm. children. Yes. That is <laughs> that is most impressive. Uh, did this happen on purpose, on accident? What, what went down here? We <laughs> Did you know what you're doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Can't go it, first. It was, Definitely. Um, we, well, we, we always tell the story at our counseling, but premarital counseling, we said four is good. Four is a good Christian number. It's your you replace yourself times two and we'll be given back to the kingdom. And I really was just having this conversation the last week, uh, last weekend. And I was like, you know, I just felt like our, our family wasn't finished. I just felt that, um, it wasn't complete. And then lo and behold, you know, we have seven, which is the number of completion. I was like, I think I'm done. So wow. there you go. That, you have one for one can talk every day of the week. So I think um, we are plenty full <laughs> with um, our little people. So seven <laughs> is completion. The Duggars went too far. What you? What, oh, what, what are you guys thinking there? Uh, oh God! You yeah. uh, you alluded to premarital counseling. Now I love. Uh, really good premarital counseling. I love I love marriage advice. You said that you yeah. learned something that process that helped out a lot. What was that? Well, I learned several things about Benjamin. I think we had a a pastor that married us who the first day sat us down and said, "Okay, I just want you to know that if after we're done with this and I don't feel like you all should get married, I will not marry you." Wow, like, <laughs> I like that. And you know, Benjamin's dad is the same way. He's like, you know. I am going before the Lord on your behalf. And so I have to feel like this is the right thing. And so that really set the stage for us, having parents that believe that way, having a pastor who was counseling us that believe that way to say, you know, this is a big deal. And so we're going to talk about things that are tough and challenging and are maybe not pretty, but the idea is that we're setting you up for having more challenging conversations um, once you are married. And so we were able to talk about some things that, we may not have brought up on our own. Um, and, you know, you change and things change, but man, the foundation of who we are and what we wanted for our family has not. And so maybe we differ in, you know, a couple of different things that we, you know, we were 20, we were in our twenties and now we're in our forties. And so things of course change, but man, that premarital counseling helped me to realize that it was not my responsibility to change my husband. If he needed change and God was going to do it, And I realized that I was marrying the person he is today, not the person in my head who I thought he would be or could be. And that, you know, that took some time to to really get that point. You know, the first couple of years of marriage where I thought I was the reason I was sitting here to make him better. Um, But you just learn that, man, my, my, our our pastor said, Kirsten, you're marrying who he is now. So for the rest of your life, who he is now is who you're marrying. Do not marry the potential because that's where you set, you set yourself up for for disappointment and really unfairness to him, to who God's going to call him to be. So that's, we learned a lot in premarital counseling, but that was definitely a huge takeaway. That's good. I think that, you know, <laughs> a lot of people marry someone thinking, well, I'm going to change them. Oh yeah. That's or, all the time. 
Hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope that they change in this era or that. But you're right. We marry who we marry. And yeah. why should we expect them to be any different than the way they were that when they said, I do? Right. And I tell you what, when they do change for you, it is temporary because you go back to your natural state. And so, you know, I was like, I want lasting change. So, Lord, I'm going before you and say, here's the, here are the areas. And I hope he's doing the same for me. Like, how does he become more of the man you called him to be? How do I become more of the woman I called to be? Because that is what's lasting. That is the change that you want to take place because you know it's coming from a place that is good. Something that you really confronted uh, that you talked about that I really identified with and you talked about it with your writing and it's something that I deal with on a daily basis coming into the studio that the enemy hit you with is you don't have anything worthwhile to say. Talk about that and how you dealt with that when you were going into writing this book. Yeah, well, it's something if I'm quite honest and vulnerable is that I deal with all the time. I mean, as I'm talking to you now and as we're getting ready, all these things are happening that aren't perfect you know, they don't happen in the whole time. The enemy's like, see, I told you, see, I told you, see, I told you. And I think it's something that, like I said, we're staying in our word, we're staying connected to the vine and we are able to combat that with truth. So just because I won't say that I don't still deal with that. Luckily I have, I have a husband who was my voice when I didn't think I had one. He's like, you are writing this book or friends that stand in the gap for me and pray for me. And like are praying as I'm doing things. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I've learned is where the enemy attacks us specifically is generally where our glory for the Lord is. And so I have to walk in the obedience of God saying, you have something to say, so say it. And anything that's, and, and the reason why I do that is not for my benefit, but it's for the fruit of the kingdom that he's called me to do. And so the fight never gets easy. But knowing that, knowing that I know the enemy attacks me that, that way specifically gives me the ability to be on the offense um, and to know how I should be praying specifically and to know that I need pay people praying for me because the attack is real. And so I just approach it like that. And I tell people when I when I'm friends with people or people share with me and I can hear their their attack, their, their lie. I'm like, girl, or do you know why he's doing that? Cause we need that in the kingdom. And so I think that's part of being in community as well, where we're able to lift each other up and call that out for what it is so that we all can step into what God has called us to do. Well, I think you just said something that's super empowering. If you're listening right now and you've kind of had this thing that you want to do, but there's doubts that come in your mind and you feel like, that people are, you, you feel like there's just this voice that says you just can't do it or you're not good. To know that that's come, that if that's true, the enemy is attacking you really in an area where God wants you to succeed, man, that hopefully it'll give you a little extra gas in your tank yeah. to go, okay, I'm really supposed to do this. Confirmation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's confirmation. You're heading down the right path. Yeah, that. it definitely is a, is a boost of a boldness that can come from it because you know, it's not about you. Like I'd say, even this book, I mean, it's not about me. It was about my obedience and doing it. Um, and then whatever happens after that, that's what God's going to do. And so I'm just trying to do what God's telling me to do and everybody else do their job too, you know? So yeah, it does give you a, a feeling of confidence, but it also helps you to recognize it very quickly and to not fall into what would happen when things don't go your way or things are hard and you know, whatever. You're like, okay, I'm ready for this. It's fine. You're not going to take me off course. Yeah, because the so. thought would be, if I'm doing God's will, everything is puppies and rainbows. 
exactly. If only where we wish. Where <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where that is so I can highlight it in the book. It's uh, in the book of hesitations. <laughs> you know, I love, I love, Kirsten, that your book starts out with the word sis. And so I have to ask, what does the word sisterhood mean to you? Um, I think you don't even have a biological sister, do you? Yeah, so that's really interesting. Talk to us about that. I do not have a sister. I have one brother who's three years younger. And I think um, I've realized that if I'm looking back over my life, that I've, the Lord has blessed me with dear friends, like people who, you know, just will go to bat for you. I talk about it in the book. They call them my dark alley friends. We moved, like you mentioned earlier that Benjamin was in the NFL for 16 years. And as a result, we moved a lot. And I was always the new girl. It felt that way. And then I was a new girl with all these kids. So that made it even more challenging to hang out and do things. And I would always say like, Lord, just give me, just give me somebody. Like I need to connect with a woman who like, you know, the no makeup friend, the one who just sees you, who will see you and, and you will see them. And I think it starts with sis, because I think when we're able to be real and get off the Instagram highlight reel, like that's when change happens. That's when um, hearts are mended. That's when lies are addressed and seen um, when we can pray for each other. So it's like this sisterhood that we, I think we long to have, but for some reason it's very challenging in a lot of situations. And I've been blessed to see both sides of it in terms of like the challenges, but man, God has been faithful um, in providing me some really awesome women that are all over the country that really see me and I can see them. So I'm just curious, you said uh, 16 years in the NFL, a lot of different teams. How many times did you guys move? A lot. I always have to like say it out loud. So we, I, it was at least five moves. But okay. Some places we went back twice. Like we went back to New England twice. We went back to New Orleans twice. We we knew our moving people that would literally have them on speed dial. I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> know we're moving from the last place. Like, right. where are you going? I don't know yet. They're like, do you know a state? Don't know a state. You know, and I was like, plus we added another kid. Like every time we come, you add children. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't realize the sports stars, especially baseball, they move around more than anybody, any sport I know of. But uh, uh. in radio, we move around a lot too. I don't know if you knew that, but um, my wife, it's been difficult on her. I think it's easier on a guy. Uh, and I don't know, it, but for women, like my wife recently left her best friend in her entire life, the best, and lived, this lady lived right down the street from her. Mm. Are, there, are there some things that you learned through the process that, that helped you reconnect or get community or mm. has it been difficult for you too? Yeah, it's always difficult to be new, I think, because you're coming in with your stuff and everybody has their stuff. And there's people that come in and they have relationships, they have the funny stories and you're like, man, I just don't know them. But I realize, well, I think the one thing I've learned because of our time in the NFL is that I don't really have a lot of time for small talk. <laughs> like I'm a great small, I mean, for a little bit, like, a, oh, we'll meet a couple of times. And it's very, you know, surface. But then I'm like, okay, so tell me like, how's your heart doing? And people are like, whoa, like that's so quick. I'm, but you know, like, in NFL, <laughs> I mean, you have six months. I mean, we have six months to make disciples. Like that's kind of how I looked at it. And so, you know, the small talk, it can't be living next to somebody for years and years and years. And then finally ask them, do they know Jesus? It's like, I got to come out of the gate a little bit faster. I look at my relationships that way too. Like, Lord, who, who am I supposed to, who am I supposed to go to? Who, who do I need and who needs me? That's why I told my kids, cause they were moving a lot too. 
to the point where my oldest daughter was like, mommy, why am I making friends? We're only going to be there for a year. See, that's oh, the hard wow. part. Yeah. It's so tough. It's so tough. And I remember looking her in the eye and I said, Grace, there's someone there that needs you. And there is someone there that you need and you just need them for this season. So you dig in, you, you know, act like you're going to be there forever in terms of like, just settle and like God will provide all the, the other things that you need for this season. And so I think moving a lot has helped me realize that, you know, we really don't know how long we're going to be here. We have no idea, but we live sometimes as though we're going to be here for years and years and years. And I think my mindset is, man, I don't know. And so um, it's really important for me to go deep with people as soon as I can, as soon as I see an opportunity, because I, I just long for deep relationships. I want people to know Jesus. I want people to love him and follow him and see that it's not easy. And I can't do that if we're going to just be surface for, you know, years. That's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you'd like to win a copy of Sis, Take a Breath, go to facebook.com slash FLR Mornings and simply message the words, Sis, Take a Breath. The first three messages we received by June 17th, 2022. We'll have a copy sent to them. Now back to the interview. What do you think it is that keeps uh, women from focusing on God when things are just really chaotic? And, and what are some practical ways that we can be intentional and changing our focus? That's a great question. I think one thing that happens is that we want to do everything well. This is not a bad thing. Like I want to be an awesome wife. I want to be an awesome mom. I want to be an awesome school mom and an awesome sports mom. And I want to do my work well. I want to do it right. But, you know, so we want to do everything well uh, and to the best of our ability. I think that makes us busy because we're trying to do it all. And I think what happens is we look at all the things that we're juggling and they all look like glass balls, but some of them are actually plastic. And so I think one thing we have to realize is we have to really examine the things that we do and we say, God, what is the thing that has, like, if it drops, it's shattering. Show me the glass things. And those are the things that are going to spend most of my energy. And those other things that drop, you know, they'll make a little noise. They may crack, but they're not going to shatter. And I'll be able to pick them up at some other time. And so I think the piece of advice would be to act, ask for wisdom to know what's good and what's better. Cause I don't think it's anything's bad. Uh, maybe there are things that are bad, but I mean, just ask for the wisdom for those things. And I think the point of the book is the sis take a breath is realize that we are doing all these things and we are tired. We are tired, like internally tired, externally tired, but the book is supposed to be an encouragement to say, take a breath. You got this. Like no one else can do what you are called to do. Like no one else can be your kid's mom. No one else can be your husband's wife. No one else can be fill in the blank. And yes, he wants you to do well too, but take a breath and invite God into that because how we move, it doesn't change what we have to do. Like I still have to cook for these people three times a day. <laughs> it's still going to happen, but how I approach it by inviting God into it changes my perspective. And it also helps me and allows me to do it with different motivation and grace. And that's my encouragement is that you got it. You're going to have to do it, figure out what it is. Um, and gosh, invite the Holy spirit that gives you more power than you could do on your own into those situations and man, see what happens. See the fruit. Amen. The fruit is awesome. Amen. That's awesome. You know, just tagging along on that. And you talk about what's extra. And I loved this whole idea. I thought, there's my word. You know, how does your life purpose help you determine what's extra? And then 
how do you learn to say your best no? <laughs> well, <laughs> tell me, exactly. tell me. I don't know. I don't I, listen. The book, I'm still reading the book like, yeah, I need that. I need that. <laughs> um, take my own advice. And so I think that mm-hmm. the extra things, like I said, it's different for everyone, right? Like we just had Greek day at school and it's a lot of extra. Like I'm like, really? Do we really need togas and we really need the olives and the grapes? Sure. But someone else is loving that. And so I make a distinction to say that my extra is not someone else's extra. And honestly, the timing of it just might be different as well. So I, you know, I I think it starts with saying no once. (laughs) I think saying no is so hard. I have to do it today. I'm like, I'm not coming back to school. I'm so sorry. And it feels really hard, but man, it was a good no. And life will still continue in that arena without my yes. That was going to be stressed out, busy. I was going to be irritated and all the other things. And so I think we determine that by first realizing that no is a complete answer. It's a complete sentence. I don't give any other reasons. Um, And just, you know, I hope that when people, you know, hear that from me, they know that it's been thoughtful. It's been thought about. It's not like, you know, flip it. Like, let me go pray about it. Like, no, I really need to think about how this is all going to work so that, you know, when, when I say yes to something that's, you know, that might seem extra, like I'm really meaning it. Like when I say I'm about to do something that my, my mom was like, Kirsten, I just don't want you to have more on your plate. I was like, mom, I'm saying yes. Cause I mean it, it is going to be more, <laughs> but I'm making space cause this is going to be a priority. And so I think hopefully as people are around me more, my friends definitely know that when I say no, it's like no, no offense. But when I say yes, I really do mean it and I want to do it. You know, you talk about admitting when you're not fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's dive into that. Mm, well, I That's think hard. again, it's hard and it goes back to this whole life we live now where everything has to look perfect. Um, we look at social media and everyone's, you know, taking the pictures of the beautiful pictures, you know, outside with their beautiful balloon things. And I look at, I'm like, that's amazing. I was like, I bet somebody was sweating. I'm sure somebody was not <laughs> the most wonderful time, but we don't talk about those things. And so what I like to do is just be like, listen, here's how I'm feeling. Like I show up somewhere like I did today. I show up somewhere and I'm like, it is not going well. Like, <laughs> I am doing and I think sometimes when you're able to be that way, it gives other people the freedom to be like, yeah, I'm not well either. Or can you really pray for me about this? Or, and I think it's just, being real and not and like you do you're doing your best i don't know it goes back to that breath like i feel like we go through our life just doing these shallow breaths just to get from this thing to the next thing to the next thing and god's like slow down like take it in it's gonna be okay and i think we just need those moments just realize like i'm not okay or i am okay or this is really awesome and i'm like watching my little one do something. I'm like, this is great. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm ready to give some discipline. I'm like, this is awful. And so, you know, you just kind of go through those waves and you just say, this is, this is, this is what it is. Um, and Lord help me to manage it and, and be able to communicate it in a way that is healthy for me and is healthy for the people that are around me. That's good. Yeah. I like that. You know, as I'm hearing you say that, I think Wow, some of the responsibility is on us to help people say, I'm not fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't really ever thought of it that way. But as I'm hearing you, I'm like, what if I walked up and said, how are you? And it's okay if 
if you're not fine. <laughs> yeah. um, because that's just our general response. How are you? I'm fine. And and to get past that can be a little bit our responsibility on our end, too, because um, we could make it OK to not be fine. That's powerful. Yeah, it, it takes it takes relationship and trust. Right. I mm-hmm. think yep. mm-hmm. and the ability to look like I say, like, Lord, give me the eyes that you'd have me to see. And so we're around people all the time that either need a smile or just need like, hey, thanks for that or um, whatever. And it's like, Lord, just make me aware of what's going on. And and I'm not that way all the time. Definitely when I have the twins with me, I am like trying to like keep these people under wraps. But <laughs> in this time where you're like, you see somebody and you see that they're not okay. And so you have to like, so I'm like, Lord, remind me to circle back, send them, send them a text, ask them for coffee or whatever. And so... I think we have opportunities for that all the time. Yeah, hopefully the more we tell others when we're not okay, they give mm-hmm. gives them permission. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. you could do the same thing. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what is bringing you joy these days? Mm-hmm. You know, I think um we mentioned writing this book and did I I, I did not want to write the book at all um because of all the stuff that comes with it. And I am now seeing the joy of some fruit that I'd never thought I'd ever see um, in this way. And I think what's bringing me joy now is realizing that God is sovereign. Like, you know, this, like when we read this and we know that he's the beginning and the end and he's all, all, all in the mix, but just seeing how God is just faithful to obedience and he's just faithful to um, it not being perfect, but it being something bigger and better than what anything I could have imagined myself. So I think that's what's really bringing me joy. I'm seeing my kids and seeing my family and just seeing where we are. And I'm like, this is, we're, we're, we're in a good place. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, but then it's like, you look at the world and things are going on, things are happening. I'm like, God, you're in that too. Like we're surprised, but you're in that too. And so we sing songs like he's a good father. And I'm like, do I really believe that? Like, do I believe that? these songs that I sing. And I feel like what's bringing me joy is knowing my eternal, like where I'll spend eternity with, but knowing that starts now with him um, and talking to people, inviting people into it is just really awesome. That's that beautiful. is awesome. Mm. I love that. And so is your family on the front of this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a great picture, by <laughs> the way. Is. That gives us a picture that says, this lady knows what she's talking about. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, just stay on the couch. Okay. Stay on the couch. And so whatever. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate it. So encouraging. Thank you for yeah. Me. I appreciate yeah. it. I really do. Well, you are very welcome. And what's the name of your podcast again? It's called Why or Why Not with the Watsons. That's and right. So it's adorable. Benjamin is the why of all things. And I'm like, the why not? It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, all things. So we'll just see how we approach life in different ways, but yet somehow meet somewhere in the middle. You so it's, it's love it. fun time. Big time yin and yang going on there. Opposite. <laughs> 100. Opposites it's, it's, attract. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, it's our, it's our date. So we, we we now say this is our date to spend 30 minutes with each Cute. other on the podcast. So it's kind of like a fun time that we get to talk and see see what each other thinks about things. Cool. Well, yeah, go ahead and check out that podcast. And hopefully you can tell people to listen to Kankel Fritz and Friends podcast. There um, you go. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. Appreciate your time. 
Thanks so much. It was so fun to be on here. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.